This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. So why do seagulls live near the sea? Because if they live near the bay, they'd be bagels. Welcome to Wings and Things, where you'll find real answers to real questions about everything you want to know about pet birds. Care, feeding, bird products, travel, and more. Everything to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. From parrots to parakeets, cockatiels to cockatoos, you'll have a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about your fun, feathered friends. So, spread your wings and get ready to fly on Wings and Things. Welcome to Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. We're your hosts, Barbara Heidenreich from Good Bird Inc. and Robin Schwokas from the Leather Elves. This week's topic is how do I learn more about my parrots? We'll be right back after these messages. Sitting on a branch overlooking the parking lot, the pigeons watched as a Mercedes pulled in below them. What do you think, one bird said to the other. Should we put a deposit on that car? Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. What if you could protect the life of your cat with something so simple and affordable that you already use every day? Get ready for the evolution of kitty litter. It's Kitty Litter. Along with all the features you've come to expect from your kitty litter, Pretty Litter's patented and scientific formula will also monitor your cat's health and detect illnesses early while providing industry-leading odor control. Two kitty litters, same cat, same price. But there's one important difference. Pretty Litter reacts to your cat's waste by detecting health issues simply by changing color. And the key is that Pretty Litter detects these issues before your cat shows symptoms of physical illness or pain, likely saving you major dollars in vet bills while protecting the health of your cat. What do you think, little guy? Ready to switch litter? Pretty Litter. Colorful insight into your cat's health. Go to prettylittercats.com forward slash cat 101 or use coupon code cat 101 to get 20% off your first subscription order. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back. Welcome back to Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. So, Barbara, there's so much to learn about parrots. We've got people asking different questions all the time, and how can I get more information? And I think there are a lot of different avenues for people to take. Sure, and obviously we're getting those questions quite often when we're out um, at events, like you were recently at Parrot Festival. And all kinds of wonderful questions. Of course, and um, and as everyone knows, we teach a lot of workshops and things like that. So one of my favorite places for people to get information, of course, is when they, they get an opportunity to go to a lecture. Oh, definitely, and there are so many different kinds of lectures available to people as well. You know, clubs have, have talks on monthly basis. A lot of clubs bring in speakers. Um, local universities that have veterinary schools will sometimes do talks. I know you've done them at veterinary schools. 
Um, I talked to a group of grad students in zoology. So there are a lot of different um, types of seminars that you can go to. Sure. And of course, um, the parrot training seminars and the enrichment seminars you and I do, we um, obviously those are opportunities as well when, when they come up in your area. Right. And, and a lot of times they're listed. You can find different events coming up. Bird Talk has a great listing in the back of, of events. You list uh, events in your magazine, Good Bird. So there are different ways to find them. And I think you can even, you know, if you, you can look up different types on different websites of people that you're familiar with. And mm-hmm. see. Yeah, definitely. And of course, conferences are a big one. Oh, conferences are fun and informative. So. There, those are the kind of things where people tend to walk away feeling so inspired afterwards. Oh, you and- go home and you're going to change the world. You're going to train your yeah. bird to do these fabulous behaviors. They're going to have this incredibly creative enrichment. And hopefully you can ride that wave a little bit longer than, you know, that, that burnout after about a week of being home. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, there's, let's see, what are some conferences coming up? I know we've got the International Association of Avian Trainers and right. Educators there's Conference. A lot of professional associations have conferences and, mm-hmm. and most times they're open to the public as well. You just need to check and make sure that they are indeed open to non-members if you're not a member of that, that group. Right. The best conference is coming up in, in May. Oh, yeah, um, that one. I oh, forgot about that one. How could you forget? And what does BEST stand for again? Behavior Enrichment Science and Training. And that's going to be in Edison, New Jersey, which is just a shuttle ride away from Newark Airport. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, there are a variety of different um, techniques being taught there. And a lot, that's a nice thing about conferences, too, is you get different perspectives on things. Because mm-hmm, we'll ha- we do have a variety of speakers, and we're, this particular workshop's going to be really, well, conference, I guess, is a better word for it. It's really going to be more hands-on, mm-hmm. um, which is a little different from a lot of other conferences. Instead of just sitting there and listening to lecture, even though we will have some lecture, we've tried to make it really activity-based so that it's a little different. And you want to look at that, too, when you're considering which conferences you want to attend. Because sometimes conferences, you know, there's a fee involved, and you want to make sure it's a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. If you are a person that you know, learns really well through sitting through a lecture, then look into what the schedule is, look into what the program is. If you're somebody who needs that hands-on, try to find something in the schedule that has more of that. Sure. And of course, there's um, some good international ones too. And and I know, like you mentioned, some of them are listed in Bird Talk Magazine. um, But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about looking for stuff online Mm -hmm. in the next, um, after the break later on. But but that's a a good way too to find some of those conferences. Um, what else? What about some books out there? Oh, lots of good information. Yeah, definitely. And, and certainly people have heard us mention, um, Parrots of the World by mm-hmm. Joseph Forshaw is a good, a good, uh, it's a great starting reference. point. It really is. And things like Don't Shoot the Dog by Karen Pryor for those looking for information on training, even though that's not parrot specific, um, the information applies to parrots as well. So it's just a matter of making, connecting the, the dots, so to speak, that this particular principle applies to my parrot at home. And, and don't you have some books as well? I do, but people probably already know about them, so we don't necessarily need to mention them. <laughs> One of the things about books I think that's important is that you read a variety, and then you sift through. And I tell people this when I do my workshop, too. If I don't care who you go here to speak, mm-hmm. here speaking. If it's you, know, you me, if it's, it's any of the big names in training or enrichment, you really need to take what they have to say, sift through the information, and find what works best for you. I agree. And, I, and also with that, um, just because it's written down doesn't mean it's fact. Absolutely. That's a, that was a really weird one for me to adjust to because I've always, you know, you, you know, you have respect for authority and somebody wrote something and got published. And so you, you kind of have that attitude of, yes, they're brilliant. They must be brilliant because mm-hmm. it got published. And I, and actually, uh, 
the person I think I learned this from was Matt Edmonds, who's um, Wonders of Nature, wondersofnature.com is his his website. And he's um, he and I worked together many years ago on Discovery Island at, at Disney World when they had a, a small zoo prior to the Animal Kingdom. And he was one of those readers, and I'm sure he still is to this day, who always read with a, you know, kind of a questioning mind, mm-hmm. like, if, is what I'm reading how I perceive the world type of thing? And it was a really good education because now the more that I've learned about my particular area of interest, I can go back and read materials and, and say, ooh, you know, I don't know if I agree with that anymore. And, and I, I, have, I have to agree with you on that as well. There, I've read numerous things that I know for a fact through, you know, having done this for a lot of years are not true. You come across things that say this, you know, very, a lot of times really emphatic statements. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to, it kind of should make you think for, because when some, somebody's really vehement about something, you got to step back and say, why? Why yeah. is there so much push behind this? And just be careful, you know, when, when you read, this is absolutely wrong or absolutely toxic, or, you know, those kind of statements mm-hmm. um, may not always be true. Well, and actually just Prior to this, when we were doing a little um, research for this particular podcast, we were just looking at a website written by a professional trainer mm-hmm. um, in which it said, you know, never hold your parrot higher than your chest. Right. And I said, well, you know, I don't agree with that. So I'm not comfortable saying that's a great resource for somebody. Right. And very recently, I came across a site about toys and enrichment um, that said that oak was toxic. Well, so what is it about oak? Everybody says that. Oak is not toxic. The (laughs) acorns are toxic. And I can tell you that for the 10 to 12 years that I've been making toys, there has been oak included in our toys. And we've never, ever, you know, and I'm not even going to knock on wood on this one, had (laughs) any issues with that. Oak is, the oak wood itself is not toxic. Yeah. Well, it's tough. I mean, it's hard to wade through materials you read and try to decide whether it's factual or not. So one of the things you may do is, is, you know, do a little, little fact checking. You know, Mm -hmm. you might have to ask around a little bit if you read something that you're, that doesn't seem to make sense to you instead of just taking it as gospel truth. Um, Another note I would like to say about books, because just because a publishing house publishes a book, we've kind of already stated that it doesn't necessarily mean everything in the book's true. So you got to read with a discerning eye. But the same thing goes for um, ebooks mm-hmm. because ebooks don't even have to pass the scrutiny of a publisher. They're really self-published books. Right. So that's another one that you have to be careful about. And I actually saw one um, person on the internet was sort of trying to raise their credibility, I think, mm-hmm. by saying, I've published six books. And so I was like, well, I've never heard that person's name in the parrot world. And so I did a whole bunch of internet searching. And I finally found out they were six ebooks that this person had produced themselves to download off their own website. Well, every single one of us in the whole world can do that sure. and say, I've written a book. And it's it's sort of this leap into credibility that maybe isn't based on actual credentials. It's true. <laughs> I hate to say. I personally can't do that because I can't get it on my website. But <laughs> but you're absolutely right. We Most don't have that technology yet. <laughs> That's true. But people, anyone can do that. And just, again, just think a little bit as you're looking at these different resources. Yeah. Um, you have to be careful about that. And the same thing says for DVDs. There's mm-hmm. a lot of DVDs out there. or Well, I shouldn't say it. There's not a lot. There's there's more mm-hmm. um, these days. And, um, in fact, I mean, I think some of the ones that have been around for a while are still, like, out on VHS and stuff, right. you know? so and, and some of those, you know, may still have some relevance. Yeah, definitely. You know, and again, it goes back to you don't throw everything out because it's older. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of sift through and see where the the 
community has taken steps forward because yeah. it definitely has in both enrichment and training and in, in general care. So you want to, you know, say, oh, well, this is a little bit older mm -hmm. and some of it may still work, um, but some of it may have been up, updated in the, the profession. So Yeah, well, even, you know, like you, you were just recently at Parrot Festival and the materials they're using to make products these days oh. are just changing dramatically. It's phenomenal. And there's so much new. I mean, you know, this is the second time I've gone to Parrot Festival and there are new things you know, each time and I go to different seminars and I'm at a lot of different events and new things are coming out all the time. Yeah. Made out of different pro you know, different materials that, that, you know, we haven't seen in parrot, um, products before, right. you know, right. but, but not that they're bad. They're good. You know, some no, of them just seem to be really different. good. Yeah. Yep. Magazines. Um, there are a lot of different magazines out there and I, one of the reasons I like magazines as a reference is you get a variety in one resource. Mm -hmm. And, you know, generally it falls, you know, it definitely falls under the publisher's philosophy. You know, mm -hmm. nothing's going to end up in Good Bird that you really don't agree with. This is true. Or, you know, Bird Talk has a general philosophy and mission that they follow. Um, but the magazines offer you that, that little bit, you know, you get a different style of mm -hmm. different authors. And that that's why I think magazines are a really good resource. I can't um, understand them, but there are a lot of parrot magazines in other languages. This is true. <laughs> I I do a quarterly article for a magazine, um, the Papagayan Journal. It's a Dutch publication. And um, I send my article over in English and it comes back in a PDF file in Dutch, and I have no idea what she translates it into. It, it may say completely different things. I don't think the Millie who who translates does that you. article would would do that. But you know, there are a lot, it's it's available in in multiple um, languages. So. Yeah, I, well, I did one uh, for a Japanese magazine, and um, I realized as I was looking through the magazine that that I think you're supposed to read it from right to left yes. instead of left to right because. My photo was on the last page <laughs> of what seemed to be the article. Were you Heidenreich Barbara? I think so. <laughs> I don't know how you spell that in Japanese characters. I don't think they did, but but uh, yeah. So there's so even if you're you know an international listener to the podcast here, there's you probably know the resources in your country, but um but there are uh, quite a few magazines out there. Surprisingly so, even mm -hmm. though you know there's not a lot in the U.S. Um, um, but, but, uh, you know, there's, they're, they're out there. So. You have choices. You do have some choices. Yeah. And, and furthermore, a lot of people that I know like to read it all, you know, mm -hmm. so it does, it doesn't necessarily mean you only choose one magazine. There's plenty, you know, you, you get them all and you get a little bit of information from all of them, which right. is awesome. So how about zoos? We're at zoos all the time. Um, but I think, and I think sometimes you get desensitized to the signage that's there and the signage often has good information. Yeah, and and I think zoos are a great re resource for people. A lot of times, people think of them just as sort of a fun thing to do in the afternoon. But a lot of zoos offer really cool opportunities for for the animal enthusiasts. Like whether you want to do an internship mm -hmm. and get a feel for what it's like to be a zookeeper, or maybe they have a volunteer program or conservation project mm -hmm. that they need assistance on. And a lot of zoos do education programs that are available to the public as well. Oh, definitely, Patricia Sun, who writes for Bird Talk and and uh, blogs Parrot Nation. Mm -hmm. She did an internship or a, a stint at Cincinnati Zoo and learned all kinds of things that she didn't know before she went to the zoo. Um, in particular, you don't wear jeans when cleaning out wet cages and things like that. But, <laughs> um, and zookeepers, think of the knowledge these people have. They're working with these animals on, on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, if, if they're not in the middle of something, 
a lot of zookeepers will be happy to talk to you about, you know, if you have questions, things like that. And they do schedule. So a lot of times they do scheduled talks so mm -hmm. that you can come and ask them questions and they'll give you some background and information on the animals. And I know as a, you know, I, I was a zookeeper for many, many years and you really do. I mean, even though us as pet owners also get to spend a lot of time with our animals, when it's your profession, mm -hmm. you spend all day with those animals, right. you know, 40, 40 plus hours a week with your with your animals. And so you really get a lot of knowledge. It can be, and it's a very different perspective too. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's that time spent um, and they can, you know, sometimes share with you things that you may not see as a pet owner because you're clouded by that, that really that pet owner bond. Um, mm -hmm. There isn't necessarily that same kind of bond with a zookeeper and the animals that they care for. Yeah, it depends on, yeah, because some of the animals might be animals that are set up in breeding situations that they're maybe purposely trying to step back and, and not be too interactive with, mm -hmm. and so they're going to see some behavioral things that maybe the pet owner might not observe because they're in a different relationship with the animal. And the, the other thing, I know you mentioned, you know, you can do you have some cool in, cool things happen at the zoo for you as a part of the public, but you can also search the zoo's website and, and talk to the people at the zoo. Sometimes there are little um, classes and interactions that are offered that might not be, you know, glaring at you as you're walking through the zoo. Mm -hmm. You know, they may be behind the scenes things that you can, you know, pay a little bit more money to go see or do. Um, that could be available. And actually, you, when you mentioned their websites, a lot of zoos offer fact sheets on mm -hmm. different species. So a lot of times your good facts are found on those zoo websites. Fort Worth Zoo has an incredible enrichment section. Mm -hmm. Honolulu Zoo has a good enrichment section on their website. Wow, that's great. Well, another good resource for parrot owners are their breeders. Definitely. If, if you um, are, have a good relationship with the breeder from which you acquired your parrot, um, what a great resource for mm -hmm. you. Especially species-specific information. When you think about, I mean, this is somebody that specializes in your kind of bird, you know, and, or several different kinds of birds. And they're a great, great resource. Um, and as well, they're also good at the whole nutritional piece. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to say, you know, Wendy Craig, who's one of my favorite breeders up in Weatherford, Texas, she um, she is the queen of good, healthy nutrition, I go. swear. And, and she got me turned on to some um, good sprouting techniques and things like mm -hmm. that for my birds. So, Definitely. And rescue organizations are another good resource. They have a very wide knowledge base because they get to deal with all different kinds of species. And especially they're being approached often with parrots that have now have learned some behavioral right. challenges or have some behavior challenges. And um, so a lot of times they're really trying to help companion parrot owners um, get to a place where they have a good relationship with their parrot if things have are not working out for whatever reason. So a lot of times they have knowledge about how to address behavior problems and they're doing their best to help you have a successful relationship at home. So they can be a good resource for you. And your local pet store, too. I know um, there are many pet stores that have seminars. They have educational seminars. Bird Paradise in Burlington, New Jersey, holds Parrot Palooza every year and brings, brings speakers in. And they brought you and I both in mm -hmm. um, to, at different times of the year to do seminars. Um, Here locally, I've done seminars at J&M Aviaries and Gallery of Pets. Um, and then, of course, like Featherlust um, up in Connecticut is doing a seminar. We're doing a flight training seminar. Yeah, we're doing some flight training. We're focusing on the indoor stuff. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, th those those kind of venues. And, and keep your ears open. And if there's a, a specialty, an avian specialty shop that you go to all the time, talk to the owner. Say, you know, mm -hmm. hey, is it possible to sponsor 
somebody to come in and, and do a workshop. I have an interest in X. Mm-hmm. And, and could you, you know, is it possible? Maybe they charge a little fee. Maybe, you know, you help sponsor it with the pet store, um, get your pet store involved with your club, things like that. And it's really, you know, a good option for some education in a really important place where people are actually buying their birds. Yeah, and it's and it's a great networking opportunity. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, local parrot clubs and things like that. A lot of cities don't have um, strong parrot clubs. Actually, where I live right now in Austin, Texas, we're, we're, we're kind of at a low level. The bird club's not very active, and um, I think there's some people interested in trying to increase that. But so for our city, when people got together at the seminars that I I've been a part of here locally. Suddenly, we found you know little pockets of people that were making friends and networking. And uh, absolutely, and I know you know I'm from Massachusetts, and a lot of there there aren't a lot of opportunities there. There are some smaller clubs. There are you know some some very small bird small bird meaning the size of the bird clubs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but they, you know, to get together and, and have a big meeting, there really isn't a venue like that. And I've talked to a number of people about, hey, let's, you know, see if we can find a place to hold a meeting. And, and I've been kind of working on that. But it's there is that interest out there. It's just a matter of pulling everyone together. It's hard to organize, that's for sure. And I'm always amazed at the clubs that are so dedicated mm-hmm. and, it, you know, and they have the people that are doing the work to make it happen. Because a lot of times people are, you know, it's volunteering their time. They don't get paid for it. But the idea is that, you know, there's something in it for them in terms of having a common interest and, right. and friends who have, have a similar interest. So, you know, it, um, it I think there's there's definitely value in it if if you can oh, get I it know. happening. Um, you might find a good bird sitter for your birds if you need to take a vacation. <laughs> who takes a vacation? <laughs> What's that um, word? <laughs> I know Susan Chamberlain, who used to do this podcast, actually wrote an article on how to start a bird club. Oh, great. Um, so the, that resource is out there, too. Oh, is, yeah, that's a good one. Now, we talked a lot about you know books and magazines and DVDs and things like that and maybe different speakers you want to go see. Um, one thing we want to say that anytime you're looking at any of those sources, you want to make sure... Like we said, we were looking with a discerning eye. So you may want to check for credentials. Um, you know, look for things like are are the professionals that you're looking at their sources, are they affiliated with any professional organizations or other known professionals in mm-hmm. the industry? Um, Sometimes, you know, there isn't really a certification for for bird trainers right now. <laughs> there, there isn't anything for educate for enrichment. But. Yeah, and, and even a degree at this point. Um, there's a few schools that offer a degree in animal training, but there's also, um, you know, if your degree's in behavior analysis or something like that, or, or at least a resume or CV or work history that shows you've been in this industry and actively working as a professional in the industry because you'll find there's a lot of self-proclaimed right professionals when it comes to enrichment and training out there um, so you just got to be careful and look at those credentials and I think one of the things you touched on was work experience mm-hmm. you know where has this person worked not necessarily am I going to call up and ask her references but just knowing that they've had that that experience it's not I have a I have an African gray and I'm really good at training him and enriching him well and not that those people may not be good absolutely because I know I know some people that are really good pet owners who have mm-hmm. done a great job with their parrot and they actually have taken the information and really tried to share with other people in a very genuine from coming from a very genuine place to help mm-hmm. people and I think that is great but you know just but if somebody comes up and says to you now I'm an expert right. you know you might go hmm okay well what makes you an expert <laughs> that um and I think another part of that professional that work history that's important to note is for me at least this is something I look for um 
is um, somebody put it to to me this way once. They said, if you had a professional, if you had a surgeon who was going to do surgery on you, would you want a surgeon who's read a lot of books or even written a lot of books about it, or would you prefer the surgeon who's actually done a lot of surgeries? I've heard that before. <laughs> and I, and because um, I saw something on the internet where this one person was advertising a service they were going to provide, and they said they've provided online consulting services to people in over like 20 countries or something like that. And I'm like, well, you know, I guess I could probably say that too in terms of answering emails or Mm -hmm. chat groups or things like that. But I thought, you know, I don't really count that. There's a really big difference between, you know, and I can talk about enrichment all day long, Mm -hmm. but there's a really big difference between physically providing that enrichment, seeing that it works, creating it. Barb and I have talked about this before. You can have the best ideas, but the production piece and making it happen. Um, that's, and then seeing what the animal does with it. Right. And are you going to tweak it and fine tune it? And, right. And all of that is part of being an expert, I think, is that mm-hmm. you've got that under your belt, that you've gone in and you've you've really worked to create, for me in, in my field, create different environments for these animals and, and created ways you know, for them to, to have a more enriched life and actually done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like I said, I can come up with great ideas 24-7, but whether they're going to work or can feasibly be done is, is another story. Yeah, and it's and this is not to discourage people who want to get into this industry because I think it's I think it's absolutely fabulous that we've got people that are helping to get the information out there on, on different um, approaches to enrichment and new ideas and same with animal training. So I think it's great that that's happening. Just be sure that your sources are good sources for and, you. And this shouldn't in any way, shape, or form stop the sharing of information. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've often talked about what makes, where does that fine line happen between I'm a novice and I'm a professional. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lo- some of the best ideas I've ever gotten are from people that have, you know, a cockatiel mm-hmm. and that's it. You know, and not just that's it, but one bird, a small bird, not a macaw, not mm-hmm. a, you know, a flock of birds in their house. And they have this great idea. Yeah. And so we, we absolutely need to have respect for those people as well. But if you're looking for a valid source, um, you know, in these, these different ideas that we've given you tonight, you really do need to be aware of where they're coming from. Yeah. So there's a little stuff to digest for a moment, and because that might be a lot to digest, we're thinking we might take a little break right now. What do you think? I think we should. Okay, well, we'll be right back after these messages. Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged friend? Or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park? Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories. Party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photo prop kits include funny glasses and hats. The party supplies and decorations include coordinating table covers, party banners, cake decorations, and treat bowls, cups, and bags. Everything you need to create great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. 
Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back. Bye-bye. Welcome back to Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. We're your hosts, Robin Shawokas and Barbara Heidenreich. Okay, so we touched on all those great resources, but what's the biggie that's out there? Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> the internet. <laughs> you know, you could become sucked into your computer and overwhelmed in a matter of moments um, doing searches online. Oh my god, and then it takes you to like a YouTube site, which then takes you to like 20 different videos that you have to watch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's very easy to get sucked in by the internet, but there are still some really great sites out there that that people should be considering. You know, whether you're looking for enrichment ideas or training ideas or you can find, you know, you could Google, you know, till your fingers fell off about um, your species. Mm-hmm. You know, the number of, of articles that have been written on Amazons or African greys or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that information's all out there, you know. And sometimes it's just, um, you know, getting in touch with a community. I mean, like we were saying about you maybe you have a hard time getting a local group of people physically together mm-hmm. to network, um, you might be able to find a good chat group that really speaks to your interest, you know, and maybe it is just you want to be able to talk about your parrot. You don't even have a question. You don't have a behavior problem that you're trying to address. You just want to share some nice stories about some of the things you do with your parrots and what makes them special to you. Well, I mean, I we've, we've talked before about how um, computers are not my strong point, but I now have a Facebook. <laughs> And I know, but it's amazed me the number of people who have, have, you know, signed up as friends on my Facebook and they're parrot people. Mm -hmm. And, and I know, you know, that's, that's another way to get in touch, um, on the internet, you know, and blogs. Yeah, blogs have become a really big deal now, and um, and I have a blog going, as you guys already know, because I've already mentioned it here before, um, and and that's pretty fun. Um, and but I've also noticed a lot of other blogs out there, mm-hmm. and some people really write some great, entertaining blogs, and they're really good writers, and it's fun to read their blogs. Um, we kind of talked about some of the things to be careful about before um but keep in mind there are also professional bloggers right. that are doing it to make money so you've got to, again kind of look at those blogs and say okay is this is this person really a genuine just parrot lover who's sharing their info or are they trying to you know do it as a business now i will say that i'm kind of a little bit of both i mm-hmm. mean when i share my information it is certainly part of my business but i also like sharing you know i mean my last blog was about um not really parrot training at all <laughs> no, I mean, it was about uh, some zoo training work I did, but it's just because I know people often ask what it's like, and so I f- think it's a way I can share some of that stuff. But, um, but you know, there's some blogs that are so, you'll see it's so obvious that the person writes on almost any topic that will drive search engine mm-hmm. traffic to their site, so maybe they make, like, g- money off of Google ads or things like that. So, and you know, just I, look for the legit resources. And I think if you when you're reading a blog or, or any, you know, internet resource, if you read it with a kind of critical eye, you'll become used to it and know what is just trying to get you to buy something and what is actually sharing of information. Yeah, there's definitely some red flags that I always keep in mind, and most people, I think, are familiar with mm-hmm. them, so you don't, you know, they're, they're probably pretty obvious to you, but when people are telling you, like, no one ever saw this before, or I've mm. got the secrets to animal training, Ta-da. I mean, if you really had the secret, would you put it online? I don't know, you know? <laughs> no, you I don't. I want to keep it for myself. You don't. You give them a little teaser, so then they want to buy, buy, buy. Or um, there's things like, you know, 
um, this will make your parrot love you or or he will stop biting instantly or if they tell you it will work in you know only so many minutes hours or days I mean Mm -hmm. to me that's you know, parrot training can, with positive reinforcement, can work very quickly. Mm-hmm. But every animal is an individual, and every every trainer is an individual. So, um, so even though the techniques may be um, based in good stuff, you know, it's difficult to uh, make those kinds of claims. And and it, that happens a lot in the training end of things. And I know, but the same in the enrichment end of things. You know, people who who make these claims that. That are, are frightening, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, sca- using scare tactics, it's it's really not worth it. You know, and when you read something that's telling you, you know, you're going to kill your bird with blah blah blah. Well, um, you know, there are some really valid things out there. You know, that have been brought up and discussed for years and years that are dangerous to birds. But when it's telling you that, you know, unless you use what I have to offer you, you're you know doing a disservice to your bird. You're going to kill them. You might want to think twice about that. Well, yeah, I, I remember seeing one site that said something about that, you know, the people who make the toys that you see in, like, the major stores are, you know, are greedy and that they don't care about your bird, that they're just trying to make money. And I was like, oh, my I'm, gosh, if that were the case, we weren't be in this business. <laughs> you know, you'd I've be- heard crushed and wounded <laughs> as a toy manufacturer by those kind of the statements. But, oh, believe me, I know that. I know what you put into making your toys. That that's that is kind of insulting, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, that's that's not too cool at all. But yeah, any of those things where they're trying to scare you is, I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't think I could do that to people. I don't no, think I could. no, it's really you know, if if that's what it takes to sell your product, then you might want to think about another market. Yeah, <laughs> the parrot group is really. I have found very welcoming and open in the yeah. parrot community as a whole. And to, to use that kind of tactic to get in there, it really is, is shifty. And it's not, yeah. it's not what I think you all as, as parrot lovers are looking for or want to be involved with. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not. I know another one that always um, is a red flag to me when somebody says, you know, guaranteed to teach your parrot to talk. Because I tell you what, they're not all going to be talkers. You can be the best trainer in the world, best trainer in the world. And um, and the reality is not all parrots are going to learn how to copy sounds. And that's, that's so, you know, any product that tells you that is not true. Because think about it. Think of how many, you know, expert trainers there are out there in the world who have really fantastic bird shows and how many talking birds you know. Right. I could probably name on one hand the most well-known talking parrots out there a lot mm-hmm. of them are on the internet there's a reason why there's not more than that right it's not because these people aren't good trainers is that those birds that sing that well or copy sounds that well they're not as many of them as you think there are well and and to teach your bird to talk in you know a certain amount of time or, or days i mean it's a very lengthy process it's not okay it's done yeah. 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 And I mean, and obviously there's other factors that go into it, you know, as that candidate, you know, you got to get it comfortable being on stage, being in front of an audience and all that kind of thing. So, but, but the, the whole notion that you can teach any parrot to pick up a sound is, is just unfortunately not true. I wish it was, you know, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot of fun, but it's just not the way that it is. So another one of those red flags for me. So in general, you know, any site that's giving you sort of an exaggerated promise that this is going to help you or that it's super fast um, <laughs> or, you know, that lacks credentials. And, and um, those are always big red flags for me. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that there's not good stuff. No, there there is so much available on the web. And I think it just, you know, it's that old 
buyer beware. Mm-hmm. You know, and For you sure. just and you do it when you go out and buy products in a store. Why can't you do it when you're searching online? Right. Yeah. So speaking of of good stuff, we ought to share some of the sites that we do sure. like. So when it comes to chat groups, there are some some good chat groups that will help you with training that I'm aware of. There's mm-hmm. um, if you go, like your Yahoo groups, there's a, a group called Clickbirds, and then there's another one called BirdClick, and those are both um, good positive reinforcement sites. And then if you have a feather picking parrot. There is a, a Yahoo group called Pickin' Parrots, and there's no G in there. So it's it's P-I-C-K-I-N-P-A-R-R-O-T-S. And they talk about a huge range of things that can contribute to feather picking and ways to address it. And then a lot of people are looking for help with behavior problems. And the Parrot Bass Yahoo group is a great one for step-by-step resolution of behavior problems. And that one's um, spelled Parrot and then the letters B-A-S. And unfortunately, that's a very popular site. (laughs) So that means, and they have a very different approach. You don't get to just chat back and forth. They actually, you submit your behavior problem, and then they pick a thread leader who works with you on that. And and because um, it's a popular site, there's a bit of a waiting list to get your behavior problem up there. However, you can lurk and read how they're addressing somebody else's behavior problem with their parrot, and so you can get a lot that way. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of other sites, too, that that aren't chat sites. They're just, you know, really interesting and and what we feel are some good resources for people. There's um, Raising Canine. Um, that's www.raisingcanine.com. And it's they offer courses and things like that. And there, there are different ways to participate in that site. Yeah, it's started out more dog-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still... But what they do is they record... They have a lecture present, and you can participate in that live via like a conference call kind of thing. Um, but it's also recorded, so you can listen to any of the speakers. You can you can pay to download any of those lectures at any time. And um, Susan Friedman's been on there. I've been on there. Pamela Clark, um, and as well as a number of other um, uh, animal trainers um, or, or behavior analysis professionals. So, so it's a good site for lots of information. And then Ellen Cook is a veterinarian that practices positive reinforcement training in her clinic. And she's, I really like promoting her stuff. She has a DVD out, and you can get that at uh, ShirleyMorgan.com. And um, if you look for Companion Parrot Media on that site, you'll be able to find Ellen Cook's DVD. And she really demonstrates how she's able to use positive reinforcement in the veterinary clinic, which um, I'd, I'd love to see that trend grow. Oh, it's kind of exciting. So we'll see what happens with that. And then there's avianenrichment.com. This is a fairly new site, and it's got it's a huge wealth of information. Different, It breaks enrichment down into different categories, and there are a lot of really good enrichment products that are available for purchase there as well. So that's it's really something to take a look at. Give yourself some time, because there's a lot of information there um, to go through. And busybeaks.com is another um, really good resource for enrichment opportunities. And Chris Porter, I don't know if you're all familiar with Chris. Chris has um, at www.parrotenrichment.com, she has her enrichment activity workbooks one and two available for download. And Chris has contributed a few articles to Good Bird mm-hmm. Magazine, and she's she's one of those folks that I said, you know, she that we were talking about that parrot owners who like to share information, and that's what she's done. She just spends a ton of time looking for creative ways to enrich her parrots and then is very willing to share that information. And with I people. can tell you firsthand that Chris does her research. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the opportunity to talk to her for the first time um, about a month ago and 
we were talking about, she was calling to ask me a question about um, dyes for wood, um, colored dyes, and, and she, you know, she was like, I really want to make sure I have the information correct. So Chris is really somebody that, that looks into things before she puts them out there. Yeah, and, and she's done a lot of research. I've seen some of the, those workbooks. She collects uh-huh. a lot of info. And then um, a lot of you may already be familiar with Sid Price from avianambassadors.com. We did an interview with him on the podcast here. And he puts together a nice blog about training and um, very freely shares his information. Mm-hmm. He's the incoming president for the International Association of Avian Trainers and Educators. Um, so he has a lot of good info to share. And then Linda Rasmussen, her website is, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, if it's Lycambo, but I'm going to spell it. <laughs> it's L-I-K-A-M-B-O dot com. And she's kind of like Chris in that she's a parrot enthusiast who really got into animal training and did a lot of homework and research on her own and she's been very willing to share her experiences and and what she's learned and um and she's right on target with her information and so she has a nice blog at that site with lots of good information and also lots of links to other resources so another good source for you as well as chris shank from cockatoodowns.com chris is just a fabulous lady one of my favorite people and um I think somebody who always underestimates her skill. She's really quite good. If you've ever seen any of Chris's work, it's phenomenal. Yeah. So she's she's a good resource, and she usually does seminars at her um, facility as well. So I'm sure some of those will be coming up on the horizon. Chris's um, website is cockatoodowns.com. Yeah. And then Jim McKendry is our, our friend from Australia. Um, Jim is a behavior parent behavior consultant, and he also consults on enrichment. And he, there's information on his site. That's um, pbec.com.au. And I've seen some of the enrichment he does yeah. with his parrots at his home. He's got a great set of aviaries. And um, one of my favorites was he's got some rose-breasted cockatoos or galahs for those mm-hmm. in Australia listening. And um, he's got this nice little sand pit in the front where um, he buries stuff in there. And he always brings in different brows and things like that. And because they're ground foragers, you know, he really mm-hmm. makes it fun for them to spend some time roaming around on the ground. He's really, and he's obviously got the the good fortune to be able to watch these parrots out in the wild too to know what's good good uh, natural behavior for them and then rebecca o'connor we forgot to mention her book a parrot for life right. that's another good resource for you her website is rebecca k and she's also got a new blog going called heckled by parrots <laughs> <laughs> love the title but again another great resource for information for you and dr susan friedman um dr Friedman it has behaviorworks.org. Uh, Susan is a wonderful, wonderful uh, resource for all of you, and she's willing to answer questions and and will put things in terms that uh, really address the science of what we're doing. And and it's it's nice to be able to mix that with you know the creative side of things. So yeah, and she's she's made a lifetime out of uh, doing this kind of work, so a lot of experience there. And then, of course, Karen Pryor is a, another um, resource that's been around for quite a while, and her website's clickertraining.com, and you can get involved with, with uh, her information as well. And Dr. Scott Eccles. Uh, Scott has the Captive Foraging DVD, and he has wonderful information at avianstudios.com, and that's another good resource for you. Wow. Well, I think we've like listed everything out there. <laughs> so, so don't even bother to do the search. Just use those things, and it'll take you a couple months to go through that information, and maybe we'll come up with something new by then. <laughs> a lot of stuff. But speaking of educational opportunities, Ooh. we have upcoming events. 
<laughs> February 21st, both Barbara and I will be doing a parrot training and enrichment workshop in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's hosted by the Greater Cincinnati Bird Club. You can get information at gcbclub.org. February 22nd, I'll be in Cleveland. It's the bi-coastal Cleveland Cleveland Cincinnati thing. Um, I'm doing an enrichment workshop hosted by Cleveland Peace. Uh, February 24th to the 28th, we'll both be at the International Association of Avian Trainers and Educators Annual Conference in Cincinnati. And um, Barbara's doing a paper there, and I'll be presenting a workshop. March 14th, Barbara's going to be doing a parrot training and behavior workshop in Dallas, Texas. You can visit bird-haven.org for more information. And then I'm off to the East Coast, off to Old Saybrook, Connecticut, to do a flight training seminar hosted by Featherlust Farm Bird Store on March 28th. And you can find out more information at featherlustfarm.com. Then I'll be in Canada April 18th and 19th with Susan Friedman. Uh, we'll be in Barrie, Ontario, and we'll be uh, teaching a parrot behavior and training workshop. And that one's going to be a little different this time because um, both she and I have been up in that area a bit, so we're trying to add some different approaches to what we've taught up there before. And you can find more information at parrotworkshops.org. And then through May, I'm going to be spending some time in Europe. I've got May 9th and 10th in Finland. And then May 16th and 17th in France. Um, the website for France is aedp.fr. And I'll tell you, the one for Finland is so long, I'm just going to have you go to goodbirdinc.com and go to the calendar because that one's too hard to spell. And then on May 23rd, I'll be in Portugal. And then, and then the 29th and 30th of May, we'll be at the Best Parrot Conference in Edison, New Jersey. And then looking way ahead... But what a great time to plan your vacation. October 24th through the 31st, I'll be on the Parrot Lovers Cruise, and you can go to baldmantravel.com for that information. Well, I think with that, we've kind of overextended our time today. We have, but you you, you <laughs> kept listening, didn't you? <laughs> we hope so. So I guess uh, we're out of time. And if you have any suggestions or questions, you can always contact us at robin at petliferadio.com or barbara at petliferadio.com. And if you'd like transcripts of the show, please visit petliferadio.com. Bye-bye. Bye. Join us every week on Wings and Things and get a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about pet birds and how to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. Wings and Things, only on PetLifeRadio.com.